You Costa. Brother Dave, how you doing? What's up, buddy? Well, there's a lot going on here at St. John's. There's a lot not going on here at St. John's. <laughs> Just right now, we had to cancel a senior retreat for tomorrow that we've been planning and uh, for a while. I was really looking forward to it, too, yeah. even in the rain. Yeah, we were going to be on the beach, but um, it'll be, it's okay. These things are okay. But you know what? <laughs> you, know what not, you know what's not okay? What? The Mets. Here it begins, guys. It Here it begins. Freaking end. Oh, and Yankee I in, fans, you should be fortunate at this time. Every year, I'm like cautious because I don't want to get burned again. So, at the last podcast, we were talking about Scherzer and DeGrom pitching in the same game. And now they're not pitching in any games because they're both hurt. No. And I was like, wow, this is an example of the dominance that we're going to exude this entire season. We can't even get out of spring training. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you how far set back are they? They both well, got hurt, guys. See, with the Mets, a month is like 10 years. There's, like a, di- there's a different time continuum there. Yeah, no, we're not going to see DeGrom until September. And, and then there'll be, be a 15, free agent. <laughs> and, and there'll be 15 games out of it. <laughs> so I, 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 I meant to fact check this before I said it, but what the heck. Um, the 1950s Milwaukee Braves. You ever hear that phrase, spawn insane and pray for rain? No. So they had two really good pictures, Johnny Sane and Warren Spahn. And I guess the okay. rest of the pitches weren't that good. I really meant to check that. So that was the phrase. <laughs> you would have your number one starter, your number two starter. Then you would pray for a bunch of rain delays. <laughs> and that's what we had. Like, I would have been okay with, with those With two. that, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't even have that anymore. No, but now, you know, Scherzer's hamstring is probably going to linger the entire year. Oh, absolutely. He'll probably have the worst season of his career. Yeah. You know, and we'll find ourselves buried last. You know, I loved my dad. I, I still miss him to this day, but but he did this to me. Your dad? Yeah. It was all, it's all Walter O'Malley's fault because he was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I could have been a Brooklyn we could blame Dodger him. fan. And yeah. the Dodgers moved. My dad would never be a Yankee fan. No, no I definitely would have been a Brooklyn Dodger fan. So he, he just, he sat out baseball for four years. He wouldn't be a New York Giant fan. Well, they, well, they left too, so it wouldn't matter. So he wouldn't be a Yankee fan. And and now I'm saddled with the Mets. And I've done the same thing to my kids. I said to them, I said, if you want to go in your own direction, God bless you. I've given them, I've made them like free agents. But, they, but they've but they drank the Kool-Aid too. They can't leave. No. They it, want, I, I want them it. to. Get a life. Get a life. You're still young. You still have time. You got the Dodgers. You got the Yankees. You got good teams. Now, you, don't, I knew... you don't have to follow my path. You don't have to make the same destructive decisions that I've made. I knew. That when I watched the Ken, remember the Ken Burns documentary? Those were awesome. I've been watching them recently. They were on really? the MLB channel. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like that came out the year of the strike in 94. Did it? Okay. Or in 95. Mm-hmm. And I remember we watched that. Oh, every episode. That was awesome. Yeah. And I remember when they got to the whole part of the history of the Dodgers and the Dodgers and the Yankees and those battles. Oh, in the 50s. It was in the 50s. Ridiculous. Right. And how the fans, like they lived in the same neighborhood as the fans. Yeah. And, I was like, I would have been a Brooklyn Dodger fan. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to be there, right? And to be a part of that team. And now they're gone. They're gone. And all of that, those, the, you know, the, the beautiful history. And now what do we got? We got the Mets. We got the Mets. You know, I've actually gone around the Ebbets Field apartments. I've like walked around it. No way. And tried to picture it. Really? Yeah. Because the, the the blocks are still the same, and the polo grounds too. I was up oh, there. Oh, why don't you why don't you tell everybody about about what Harry Rose said to you? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So I might have the details of this one mixed up too, but but Howie Rose, who's the broadcaster for the Mets and an icon in New York. I He's think amazing. One, one of the best broadcasters Put it in, the books. in history. And um, he was on Twitter recently, and he, he's had this thing stuck in his craw since 1973. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm laughing because I do too, just different ones. Um, so game six of the 1973 World Series, Mets miraculously are there. Somehow they made it into the playoffs, beat the Reds in, in five games. And they're, they're playing the A's who had won the World Series. They, they leave New York up three to two. So they have to win one of the two games in right. Oakland, right? And Yogi Berra, the manager at the time, has, has two starting pitching choices. One is George Stone, who nobody would really remember, but he, he had a pretty good year in 1973. He could pitch George Stone in game six, or he could pitch Tom Seaver in game six on short rest. It seems to most people, and it seems to Howie, and he will tell you, that you put you put Stone in, and then you then you still have Seaver on full rest. But that's not what Yogi did. He put Seaver in Game Six on short rest. Seaver lost. Then they lost Game Seven. So Howie Rose was tweeting about it the other day, and I and I replied to him. I said, Howie, I love you, but you got to get over this. And his response was, Make me. <laughs> Isn't it great how we hold on to our hurts and we hold on to our disappointments? I love how we're coming on almost the 50th anniversary of that. And And he hasn't let it go. It's still a thing. (laughs) Oh, and we can... We could celebrate the greatest tournament in the history of sports. Well, we could. If any of us had watched the game, we could celebrate it. No, but we you, could you celebrate. You were talking because... big last week. Oh, everybody's going to be, you know, 9.20. Everybody's going to be watching it. And what were you doing yesterday at 9.20? I was moving a couch. Okay. <laughs> Somebody was donating. They were going to throw it out otherwise. They and were donating a, like a used leather, so you would like, loveseed sofa. Saving society. I was. And it's a... You're sweet. It, it's really comfortable. It just like conforms to my body. It, it was like great. I sat in it and I totally forgot about the game. Could and you I was move like, into your office because the one in your office is like falling apart. By the way, I know. I think I the kids it. like picking the the cover. Yeah, yeah I have to get a new yeah. sofa. We have to get that for campus ministry funds. <laughs> but the um, but that hey, listen. I, but on Saturday night, the Duke North Carolina game uh-huh. okay. that was great. Mm-hmm. And if uh, if really the guy on on Villanova didn't get hurt. Uh, that game would have been better going into that game against Kansas. Uh, it was still a very good game, though. I thought it was funny, though, before we started recording, I asked you about the game last night, and your response was, oh, I forgot about it. <laughs> well, because I had the opportunity to, to get, get a, a couch. sofa. Yeah. yeah, a reclining sofa. Oh, man. There is I something about you in furniture. Time. I mean, you were late for mass in Oklahoma because you were buying a big screen TV. <laughs> And now I can sit on this sofa <laughs> and watch the, <laughs> and watch the seventy five inch watch the seventy five inch flat screen. It's all come full circle for you. It has. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, so we're in Palm Sunday weekend. I can you? I can't believe that Lent has come and gone. To me, this has been the longest Lent. Really? Other than the twenty twenty one Lent, that was like one Lent. <laughs> other than that one that's true that was an entire year yeah. <laughs> but yeah i you know we've been obviously attuned to this because we've been talking about the readings and whatnot and i, I still will say palm sunday has come up as a bit of a surprise for me yeah i didn't think it was so I'd, soon i couldn't believe it i yeah. was like whoa 
I can't believe we're here. Yeah. Next week is Holy Week. So what we're going to do, um, we're going to present to you today just uh, a few thoughts, not many, on the um, on the Palm Sunday readings. We're going to keep today relatively short, and and hopefully uh, next week have something out also relatively short, but but chewable, manageable, on Holy Thursday, Palm Sunday, and Easter. And Easter. Wow. <laughs> How does the triduum work again? <laughs> Saying that, my notes in front of me. So we're going to attempt. <laughs> <laughs> This this will be a probably a shorter uh, uh, podcast. We're going to attempt for Holy Week to try to have something maybe for Spy Wednesday, for Holy Thursday, for Good Friday, and for Easter Sunday. Yeah. So those um, things. If we have it, mm-hmm. you'll see. Yay! It. Yeah. If we don't, you know that uh, we both got tired of each other <laughs> and needed a break from each other. <laughs> <laughs> yep, but that is the intent. So we're going to uh, kind of go through a few thoughts today with the with the Palm Sunday readings, and and you're going to start with the preamble. That's not really a liturgical word, but <laughs> well, the the technical gospel for the day. So for those of you who remember, for those of you who um, who might uh, have forgotten, Palm Sunday's liturgy is going to be different. Uh, Depending on where you go, there are different options on how to celebrate this, depending on the need for the community and what can be celebrated at what particular Mass. But for the most part, uh, what will be done is uh, the priest, before he uh, uh, processes into the church, he will read the gospel uh, of the actual event of Palm Sunday, Uh, and then in place of the gospel during the time of the gospel will be the time where the priest and two elected lectors will get up and uh, we'll all stand for the passion narrative uh, to get our hearts and minds and souls ready to encounter this week. So what I would like to do is just start with uh, the gospel that we will hear before uh, we process in uh, before the priest processes in. <clears throat> Jesus proceeded on his journey up to Jerusalem. As he drew near to Bethpage and Bethany at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples. He said, go into the village opposite you. And as you enter it, you will find a cult tethered on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. And if anyone should ask you, why are you untying it? You will answer, the master has need of it. So those who had been sent off uh, went and found everything just as he had told them. And as they were untying the colt, its owners said to them, why are you untying this colt? They answered, the master has need of it. So they brought, they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks over the colt, and helped Jesus to mount. As he rode along, the people were spreading their cloaks on the road. And now as he was approaching the slope of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of his disciples began to praise God aloud with, with joy for all the mighty deeds they had seen. They proclaimed, 
Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. He said in reply, I tell you, if they keep silent, the stones will cry out. Who's that from? This is St. Luke's uh, that's Luke. gospel. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. Um, yeah, because this is the season for, uh, this is the year of Luke. Um, I love at the very end yeah. how how Jesus makes it clear. So, What do you so think he's saying there? The very... You well, just read it again, but... So uh, just like that one part where... The, where uh, the stones. Uh, yeah, well, well, really quickly before that, sure. before we get to that point in with the stones... Uh, you know, it says that uh, Luke records that everybody was proclaiming, you know, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest, mm-hmm. right? Uh, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. That's why that right before the Eucharistic prayer, mm-hmm. right? As Jesus is walking from I never connected the that. Mount of Olives wow. to Jerusalem, yeah. you know, oh, they're singing, yeah. you know, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it's momentarily triumphant. Right. Until it's not. Right. And then becomes triumphant again on Easter right. Sunday. But like there's this beautiful like procession. His, he's coming in, mm-hmm. you know, to Jerusalem. They're, they're, they're singing this. And mm-hmm. we sing that as he makes his journey from heaven to earth yep. with us uh, so that we sing the same way. It's, it's, I love how the mass is all scriptural. Yeah. It, it would just take the moments to just listen to mm-hmm. all of them. But then I love that point because like some of the Pharisees, as it says in the crowd are like yelling out to the Lord and saying to him, like teacher rebuke your disciples for like saying this, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Like they're saying, you're her- not that guy. They were her- That was heret, heret, you know, heretical. Like heretical. The word. Yeah. And he's saying, and Jesus replies to them, like, I tell you, if they keep silent, at this moment, this great moment, Mm -hmm. even the stones will cry out and sing Hosanna in the highest. I love that. I didn't really have thought about that line until we just were talking about it a little bit beforehand. That's a great line. There is... Because that's that's like a smackdown. Oh, it is. (laughs) Like, you don't even have any understanding of what this is, because those stones will talk. Yeah, right. And the Pharisees must look at it, this guy's like, high. (laughs) (laughs) And I I love it. One of the phrases that uh, our bishop, Bishop Barris, uses... A lot when he's describing mass, he'll say the cosmic event of the mass or the cosmic uh, uh, power mm-hmm. of the mass. Uh, you know, like when I hear cosmic, I hear that all of the universe is involved mm-hmm. in, you know, all of creation is involved in this. Um, and just knowing that, like he says, that even the stones will cry out. It's like creation around like the the stones, the grass, the trees, the animals, the birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, when they knew who he was, mm-hmm. they knew he was their creator. Yeah. And so, like at that moment, like to hear, like even even the stones would cry mm-hmm. out in praise of him yeah. in this triumphant moment. But the triumph the triumphant moment being that he's. He's riding to his death yep. for salvation of us, for, I, for the salvation of all 
all of creation, not just for humanity, but all of creation. Like St. Paul says, all of creation is groaning, mm-hmm. is groaning to be like healed. And so like he says it, the stones would cry. I love that. Do you think those following him knew that? I mean, he kept talking about his own death. But no. when Oh, I no, no. I no. think they're th- they're seeing this totally as triumph. They're looking at this and they're seeing, oh, he's going to overthrow the Romans. The Romans here. This is happening. Yep. They're they're totally blindsided. And and I think it's a great lesson for us in, in how we can misread or put our own desires on uh, and 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 give something meaning where that's not really the right meaning. So they they understood they grew up with the idea of the Messiah. Their belief in the Messiah is that he would he would free them from the Romans. Jesus quite clearly in the gospel says, "No. This is a lot bigger than that." Right. And but, even Isaiah prophesies that's about true. the suffering servant. That's true. Right, so right, right. <laughs> they have heard this yeah. prophesied in their own synagogues. Yep. Jesus has told them Yet, and they're, you know, but they had understood that their Messiah would be a very triumphant one that would overthrow. But, you know, it's really interesting. You know, they they knew that in an intellectual way. They certainly were faithful. I think it's so easy to beat up on these guys, and and I don't want to, because I think we're them. Oh, right. We're 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 totally them. them. Um, And he said to them, he being Jesus, said to them, no, I'm not that guy. I'm, I'm here to save everybody from sin. I'm going to make you fishers of men. And th- there had to be, though, because they knew him. You know, to, to read who Isaiah was talking about, the suffering servant, the man so disfigured we can't even look at him. They knew that was coming, but that's not him. It will be in a few days. On Friday, it's him when he's getting beat up so badly. Right. But, they, but they loved him. And, and they knew him, and there was there was no way this could possibly be the same person. And I'm going. I'm not going to let myself believe it. And I and I got to think we do the same thing when when we are are searching for something, and maybe that's not where God is leading us, but we want to believe it so badly. Yeah. And I and I that's why I think that's why the disciples are all of us. You know, oh, despite yeah. all the evidence, I'm still going to believe. No, this is triumphant. You know, look at it. There's people waving palm branches and stuff. And yeah. even though Jesus said, this is not going to end well, or will end well, but it's going to get a little crazy in the middle. You know? <laughs> yeah. There there were like two, there were two particular points that I would like to uh, point out. Well, before there, the, the, the stones that will cry out and creation mm-hmm. crying out, there is, I, in my estimation, um, for, for my opinion, a, a, a beautiful song that I think that would, a praise and worship song that would uh, really, really sit well during this time, like during this week is So Will I Mm -hmm. uh, by Hillsong Hillsong United. Yep. Um, I think that song came out in 2018. That album, uh, Wonders, I think it is. Yeah, but that that song is chilling. That song is amazing. It's one of my favorite praise and worship songs. If the stars can praise you, so can I. So can I. If if the rocks can cry out, Mm -hmm. so will I. If uh, uh, if the mountains crash into the sea, Mm -hmm. uh, it just, so will I. Uh, It's just an incredible song. Uh, And one that motivates me when I'm exercising, when Mm -hmm. I'm praying, when I'm in adoration, 
Uh, so if you get the chance to, to listen to that song at some point. The other name is 100 Billion Times. 100, so in case yeah. you're looking for it. Right. But it, it, goes by, it goes by both of those names. But that entire album yeah. is amazing. And I, uh, that's, one, that's my favorite mm-hmm. Hillsong United uh, album. Because I think it's set, you, you talk about Triumph. Oh. When when the whole world is acknowledging him, there's, there's actually a there's a psalm about that. Um, all dolphins and water creatures, creatures praise, praise the, the Lord, Lord, you know, and it just goes yeah. on one thing after another. We, when we were in the seminary, it's like all salt and pepper shake the Lord, and it's like <laughs> uh, not shake, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> yeah, but it's a, but it's a similar thing, and I think Hillsong does it. I'm glad you brought that up because you should like stop listening to us right now and go like Google that song. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but two particular uh, points that that I I would just like to you know, that we would like to just kind of focus on today is um, is the the cloaks and the palm branches being tossed down to the ground to 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 pave a path that the Lord would, would ride on um, and and the promise the promises that are that are, that is fulfilled here in this in this reading so. It's just to take a very spiritual approach to this this week. You know, we're going to be given palm branches at Mass. But the palm branches symbolize something. You know, when the people were getting ready and they're singing, Hosanna in the highest, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, you know, the king who comes. Um, you know, and they put their cloaks and their palm branches down. It, so many times in the Gospels we see, you know, a beggar or the blind man Bartimaeus, you know, uh, you know, threw off his cloak uh, to, and followed Jesus after he was healed, um, after hearing the Lord's voice and call. Uh, and when they're throwing all of these down and allowing our Lord to ride over them, it is this is the symbolic reality that you and I are called as Christians to lay down the palm branches of our sins, mm-hmm. you know, the cloaks, of, the cloak of heaviness, the mm-hmm. weight of our, you know, like whatever it is that we hold on to and, and struggle with to really allow our King to ride on and triumph over them and really give him, you know, a glory over that mm-hmm. uh, for the victories that we've already received mm-hmm. and, and have witnessed that, that the Lord had, had worked in our life to give gratitude for that, uh, but also to be very conscious for the things that we have yet not laid down, mm-hmm. uh, to lay that down, uh, to be one of those people in the beginning of this gospel, to lay it down. And, let it, and let it be trampled. And let, let it him, be trampled. Yeah. yeah. That's a beautiful image. I had never really thought about that before. Yeah. But we can't really accept him if we're still holding on tightly to our sins. And we do all the time, but... You know, right. a bit too—I mean, hold on to our sins all the time. But but when we can give them up, it just leaves room for him. Yeah. yeah. And he wants right. us to and, and be able to say it's, it's over. Because I think a lot of times we'll we'll put it down at one moment and then pick it back up. <laughs> 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 and we got to—and our Lord is just asking for us to just lay it leave down. Leave it. Leave Trust it there. Me, it's going to be okay. Right. Right, but it's crazy because if you think uh, let's, let's let's take this image you're creating with the actual events going on, it it's going to be okay. But like I said before, by Friday it's not okay. It's okay at that moment. I think we have to open ourselves up to sometimes what's okay isn't pleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know it's glorious sure. and and will make us content and complete. But 
Right. Not what we bargained for, maybe not what we signed up for. Right. Yeah. Right. And so like, you know, when, like when we sing those words this, this weekend, you know, Hosanna in the highest or, you know, blessed is he, like uh, Luke's version is, is different. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hmm. Right. You know, let, like, to, like to allow him to be the king uh, over that, hmm. in that triumph, right. you know. Um, the second is this, is um, to maybe really uh, receive the promise that is handed out to us. Uh, receive or accept? Where are you going with that? Receive and accept. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, but like I could promise. receive. I'm not sure where you're going with this. That's why I'm quizzing you. <laughs> Quit. I'm sorry. Quiz was not the word. I'm in all seriousness. I'm trying he to is understand. Qu- he's quizzing me, guys. <laughs> I will on other things, but this he's one... publicly shaming. I am Jesus in this analogy. All right. <laughs> this is sincere. You can hand me my phone. I could receive it, but then I don't have to do anything with it. Mm. So, but I don't know. Okay. I shouldn't have interrupted you to explain. So how about I said. this? I was just interested I ex- in what you were let me, saying. Let me, let me get through off, this so I, point. I apologize. And then you can say if we're going to receive it or accept it. <laughs> you how can does tell that sound? so well this is not rehearsed. <laughs> it's an actual conversation. <laughs> so throughout all of the scriptures, uh, especially during this Lenten season, we have been hearing about the promises the promise the, the the promises that the lord would make over the the centuries about the messiah about his son about the anointed one right uh not just blessing us with his presence but like bringing us freedom from our captivity mm. you know um and and here we see the promise fulfilled. Okay. We see the promise fulfilled. However, we could read this story. We, we could read this and just see it as a story and move on and, you know, just kind of check the box as I went to Palm Sunday, got my palms. I'm going to make that nice little cross that I can make out of my, uh, out, of, <laughs> out, of, out of the palm branches. I'm going to stick it on my wall so <laughs> it doesn't look gross and move on. But like to really own this this message, uh, I'm not going to use the two words that we were using because I'm going to let you use it. Um, but like owning th- this promise is to then own the reality of victory in our lives and and the reality of of grace to really win and over over like allowing it to work in our lives and and. It's really beautifully said because I think that's the direction we want to move as we start to talk to whole, about Holy Week. You yeah. know, whether the we were talking and we'll talk more about this in the coming week. You know, did did Peter own it? Peter Peter was closest to it, but we see how he was on Good Friday. So it is one thing to receive it to say, "Oh, I see that," but I I, I like this word owning. You know, and it's something that we're challenged to do all the time. You know, to really to make it ours because that. When we're truthful with ourselves, the owning part does not always present us with the easiest, to use the word we were using last week, more, most comfortable path. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I, I, there, there have been some very uh, influential people in my life who have promised me something. And 
when that promise came to fulfillment, there was a joy mm-hmm. that 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 I received from knowing that that promise was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever they promised me, uh, you know, that was that was you know uh, life giving to me, right. um, and and it brought about a deeper level of trust in that person. Uh, and, and so when, when you and I hear about the promise that the father has given us in the scriptures and we pray at mass and we like, and we hear about the promise being fulfilled, that should bring us joy. Right. That should bring us joy. And it should deepen our level of trust that the father as much as the devil likes to create those lies within us mm-hmm. and of doubt that the father doesn't love us, doesn't care about us, is not listening to us, you know, to, to this, this celebration on Palm Sunday is to like, we sell, we're celebrating because it's like, no, the, the, the promise that he had been talking about, he's, he's given it to us now mm-hmm. and, and now we have to own it. Yeah. I, I was thinking if you're a non-Christian and you trying to understand Christianity and understand the story. Um, you might think Palm Sunday is the ultimate event. <clears throat> oh, see, he came into Jerusalem and he he was victorious. Yeah. That's why you know this whole thing is made up, because by the end of the week, <laughs> you know, he gets beaten up yeah. and, and killed, you know? Yeah. And, and, I, and I think for someone, like if you really try to, I, I think... For some of us who grew up with this, it's been the image we've had our whole lives. But when you step back and and try to almost take yourself out of the story a little bit, um, it it really is so different that no, this is not the final thing. This is this is a step on the road to salvation. But despite everybody being happy on this day, things go south quickly. Right. You know. Yeah. And so, like, really quickly, just before we kind of wrap things up here. Um, if you get the opportunity, please either go to mass each day if you can, uh, or at least read the gospels for each day. Yeah. Because the church does an excellent job of allowing you to enter into the buildup of the drama that unfolds this week that as it took place 2000 years ago, uh, you know, the conflict of Jesus now being in the temple area, like, cause he's, he's, we, we left him, we left him at Palm Sunday here. He's in the temple now for the Passover. There are travelers from all over the place. The Jerusalem is hopping. Mm-hmm. Jesus is in the temple area. Like he's there and he's, and he's preaching and he's teaching and people are being healed and cured. And yet at the same time, uh, you know, the Pharisees are trying to find a way to kill him. And there's just this tension. Mm. And, and when you allow yourself to f- get into that, like it, it really heightens the it drama does. for the end of the week. Yep. And then by the time you get to Holy Saturday. You're spent and exhausted. But wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we're good, right? Uh, listen, no, so there's nothing left to be said about so Palm Sunday I love, by anybody. <laughs> I I love how we just let go of receiving the promise, accepting the promise, 
just own the promise. <laughs> He's giving me that look like he wants to kill me. <laughs> no, no, I, I honestly feel bad because I was engaged in the conversation, but it, it sounded bad, but I, I really was. There'll be enough times I'll make fun of you to your face. <laughs> the best part was is that usually most of those times when not just you, anybody mm-hmm. derails my thought for a second, I lose it. You do. I, I completely lose it. <laughs> I can't believe I held on to that. And I don't even think it was a, like a really thought-provoking, profound point. You were in the middle of a conversation with our other campus minister, Miss Madeline, and I earlier today. We were standing in the doorway of your office to the chapel. The three of us were discussing some. At one point, you turned your head, you saw a student, you were gone. <laughs> he really has the attention span of a goldfish. <laughs> and on that note, folks, God bless. God bless, Take guys. Care. And we're praying for you this, this holy week. Take care. Bye. If you would like to contact Father Dave or me, please follow us on Facebook at Locusts and Wild Honey. We appreciate your comments on all platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Please tell us what you think and share with your friends.